Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. And if you listen to this day after the Strickland Podcast Network, um, I am Sam. I'm joined by Tyrese and Schwinn. Before we get into things, though, I do have to make one announcement and then we can talk about this game. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, including the player latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Knicks lose 96-92 in game six on the road in Miami. Um, following a joyous win in game five, um, you know, we all kind of expected a little bit better performance from at least the other guys on this team. And we'll talk about that as we roll into all of today's breakdown. But um, Knicks lose, the season's over. Um, While it stings now, I will say the season was a success. Um, Just looking back at what expectations were for this team and seeing how they surpassed them. Um, It sucks to lose to an eight seed. but, yeah, I mean, I guess we can start off with Jalen Brunson, 41 points, um, four rebounds, three assists, four of 22 from the field, five of 10 from three, and eight of nine from the free throw line. Just absolute superstar stuff right there in an elimination game. Um, following a 38-point performance in the last elimination game that he played in, just absolute masterful stuff. Um, the way that he was able to get whatever he wanted, basically, um, no matter what the defensive looks were, um, it's pretty remarkable. And it's even more remarkable the price tag that we had to pay for this type of um, player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was pro- literally the only guy that showed up tonight. Um, the rest of the Knicks failed him, and I think that's an understatement at the least, including the coach. Respect um, Isaiah Hart and stuff. Yeah, he gave us he gave us some good minutes. Um, I thought he probably should have closed, honestly. Um um, and we'll get into all that, but yeah, I mean, Jalen Brunson, I guess we can start there. How did you guys, I mean, obviously I know how you guys feel, but express yourselves tonight. Tonight is the night to do that. He was the best player in the series. And if anybody said Jimmy Butler was, they're smoking rocks. Like he, he was easily the best player in the series. Like, I'm sorry. They basically were sending full fucking coverage in the first quarter and they did it throughout the game because they had no other way to stop him. And he still scored 41 and 22 shots. He was uber efficient. He was practical with the ball. He did everything you could ask him to. He played the entire second half, I believe. And he was about to play. And if they didn't go out to that 14-point lead, which they squandered later, he would have played the entire first half as well. He was quite literally the best player in this series. Um, nothing more you could say about him. He is a superstar. I think we have two solid postseasons of him being a superstar. The one weakness he had offensively was 
pull-up shooting. He's been a pull-up shooting dynamo. Um, so this guy can score at all three levels. He can pass the ball and not turn it over. He's an uber creator. Like, there's nothing more you could say about this guy that hasn't been already said. And straight up, like, he is a superstar, and he is the centerpiece of this team. Schwinn. Um, I've already had a bunch of people tell me, like, can't blame Tibbs, can't focus on Tibbs, Randall played bad, RJ played bad, whatever. Um, I mean, I agree, they, they did play bad. Like, that's fine. They played bad. We can talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Coaches have to control the margins they can control. And Tibbs didn't do that today. He made He went back to stupid rotations in the fourth quarter. He that second quarter lineup he put out there was absurd. I, it lost honestly, him the game. It that lost him the game. game. That was a four point game. I mean, you can call it a six point game, whatever you want to call it. That they went, they were minus seven in those three minutes, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, that was that you're right. That 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 absolutely, if it didn't lose him the game, it sure shit put it in doubt. Um, and then you also get like on a night where, yeah, you're like. RJ played poorly. Randall played poorly. Those guys did not give you enough shot making. Obviously, nobody else really did either other than OB making two threes in the first half. Um, but, like, it, this is a perfect example of, hey, we need to juice the offense. Maybe I should try to go small. He didn't do it until there was a minute left in the game. Quite literally, a minute left in the game. Um there's no imagination. There's no creativity with him. And um, I, I personally feel very strongly that he's not getting the most out of this roster um, when you get to a playoff situation in the regular season. He'll win you a bunch of games. He's good enough to win you a bunch of games. The roster is good enough to win you a bunch of games. Um, I'm not worried about that part of it. I do. This is the stuff that worries me. This is a series the Knicks absolutely could have won like they should have won it yeah they had the best player in the series like you said like coming into the series the idea was Miami has the best player in the series that gives them an advantage and if you want to say like you know if you put a gun to my head and we're like who do you think is a better player Jimmy Butler or Jalen Brunson right this second I'll probably still take Jimmy Butler because he has a longer sample size blah 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 but in this series for six games Brunson was the best player in it and the Knicks had him on the roster and they pissed that away because we wasted three games starting Josh Hart with R.J. Barrett, a combination that we knew going back to even the Cavs series that that combination was bad. Even when they were winning the Cavs series, that combination wasn't good. He, he stuck with that for three games. That They went down 2-1 in those three games. In the three games after, they went also 1-2, and two, um, but they played much more competitive games, and the margins were much closer. And that's not to say that, you know, you can't ever prove like, well, if they start Grimes, they would have won the series. Would have given them a lot better chance because it did give them a lot better chance in these last three games. Um, I don't know what to say other than that. Like, I just can't really understand anybody watching this game and thinking Tibbs did some something good. Um, I thought that was, was pretty easily. In a lot of ways, it might have been the worst coach game in the series because because of how competitive it was. Yeah, and how, and how tight the margin was the entire way. And literally, he lost every fucking margin there was to lose. Um, I mean, sticking with Hart and 
And RJ, as long as he did in the fourth quarter, was insanity. What a fucking idiot, man! Are you yeah. kidding Dude, me? The season's on the line, and he pulls that shit. It's insane and, to me. And and I think the the craziest thing is, um, you know, I've had a problem with the officiating the entire series. Can't say anything about the officiating this game. I mean, were there some weird calls that didn't go in the Knicks' favor? Sure, but the Knicks got a great whistle. I mean, they got it. I thought the whistle was pretty fair, um, and they got to the line a bunch in the fourth quarter. So that's the only saving grace that kept them in the game, but. That, that lineup never had a shot. It was all Brunson just having to hit pull-up after pull-up after pull-up. Um, or work and somehow he did it. Yeah. Somehow he did it, man. He did it. And, and like, you know, this is the point where he went back. To, he put Grimes in with two minutes left. I think they were down eight, six or eight at that time. Um, like, it's just it's just so the Damage little. was done already. Yeah, it's too little too late. Like, at that point, what do you – if you're going to make that sub at two minutes, why wouldn't you make it at, like, four or five or six? Like, it, it's just – ridiculous to watch uh, something like that and um yeah that was that was just a poorly coached series from tips and um that's what it is um the less said about that uh the better maybe i don't know but it needed to be said uh i gotta say that the other that you know you want to talk about individual players i don't really care that rj barrett struggled like i care that he struggled but he's earned more than in a little bit of leeway i think with his play um, since since game two of the Cleveland series, and especially in this series, he was really, really good. Um, Julius Randle, I don't know what that was tonight. I- I'm sorry. Like, again, this is three games in a row where at best you can say that he made some, like, he, he was okay offensively. That's the most, that's the furthest I could go. Um, but his process was terrible. I think a lot of the stagnancy on offense is related to him and how he plays and how slow and everything is. I mean, there was a play. He hit a three. This is in the third quarter. He hits a three. Next play down, Grimes gets the ball in the corner, drives to the middle, throws it to Randall, and he cuts to the top of the key. He's wide open right next to Randall. Randall takes a fucking, like, 30-foot bomb over Bam, bricks it. And it was just like, that to me summed up everything about what his issue was in this series, where it was like, he just never could find a consistent rhythm and his processing against a team that makes you make decisions. And, and if you don't key in on those decisions, it can really fuck you up. Um, it was all on display on that one play, but you know, I, I thought some of the defensive stuff with him in this game was like, he had two really awesome blocks that needs to be said. Um, that one in, on the fast break on Struce was incredible, but like, those spectacular plays aside, he was so, again, just like slow. And it's always like a half second, a full second late on rotations. He had a closeout on Vincent in the third quarter where he just kind of like ambled towards him. And Vincent actually blew by him, but then he fucked up the finish. I think Julius actually might have even gone away with a foul on that drive. Kyle but like, Lowry, yeah, baseline play. Yeah, like... that was a crazy one. And I just, I'm so exhausted by the Julius Randle experience. Um, I'm very happy the offseason is here for that reason, maybe. I would like to have a week without Julius and without Tibbs and without some of this shit going on. Um, but, like, Julius, like, more, I, look, Tibbs is just bad, but I kind of, like, you, I know what to expect from Tibbs. Like, I know the bad to expect from Tibbs. I know what things he's he not volatile. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know what he's gonna, like, fuck up for the most part, and it is what it is. With Julius, it's like, who knows? I have no idea game to game, quarter to quarter, play to play. Um, right when you think he's 
competing hard. You'll have a stretch of plays where he's just hanging out. I, that was a really disappointing display, to say the least. Um, to get 41 from Brunson on, what was it, 22 shots, whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, to, to get that performance from him. And, you know, I again, like, RJ had a bad game. I have a little bit more sympathy for the 22-year-old struggling on the road in game six. I have a little bit more sympathy for that. I don't have a lot of maybe sympathy isn't applicable to Julius, but I don't have a lot of patience and I don't have a lot of understanding for a 28 year old in his prime to put up that game today in that situation. And, and not even like, you know, again, like if you want, if you shoot poorly, I can take that, but like, I can't take the, the poor decision-making the nonchalance, like how many times is he going to fed? Like, like they were talking on the broadcast, like, Oh, look, like Julia's getting the ball again with like only six seconds left. And I'm like, yeah, well that tends to happen when you like walk into a screen, don't actually set it. Then like meander over into the post, raise your hand 20 feet from the hoop while you're getting pushed out by Kyle Lowry. Like, yeah, that tends to happen. You're going to take some bad shots then. Like what about running into a screen with some modicum of force? Is that so difficult to ask for? Is it so hard? for a, a fucking, what is he, ninth-year pro to set one goddamn fucking screen with any te- sense of purpose or vigor or fucking... Like, what are you jacked for? What is he fucking jacked for, this guy? To, to do what? Fucking post pictures of him carrying fucking big-ass chains around his neck in the summer? Like, like go set a fucking screen, man. Like, like how... Like, I just cannot understand that. And It was absurd to watch. It's always been absurd to watch that that specific thing. And that was just another – today that was just a part of what was a very – I think the best way to describe that performance would be meandering. It just was there. There was, like, stuff that happened, and sometimes it was good. Other times it was terrible. I never quite knew what to expect. I never quite knew what the hell he was trying to do. Um, if I have to watch this guy just, like, stare at a double team – again and have no idea what he wants to achieve from it i, I don't know it's gonna drive me nuts but that was a like you know uh, I, I don't like putting it on a player I, I don't think it's down to one guy like i don't think tibbs alone lost us this game or series i don't think randall alone lost us this game or this series but if you want to point to the two biggest culprits for why the knicks lost the series those are the two guys to me um, and, you know, you can say we can talk about Hart struggling and Grimes didn't hit a shot, but he had only one shot today and blah, 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 blah. But, like, you need your star players to play like stars, and you need your coach to simply not fuck shit up. And that was the difference in the game today. Butler played like a star. Adebayo played like a star. Spolster didn't fuck anything up. Brunson played like a superstar today. Randall played like a fucking jag. And Tibbs played like, you know, or Tibbs coached like, you know, things like we, like Tibbs often does, where you just, he pre-decides stuff and just goes with lineups that ignore mold, like reams and fucking huge sample sizes of data because he just thinks that's what was best. And that's what it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those two guys to me, like I had really big questions about them entering the playoffs. And I continue to have the same questions and concerns about both those guys. Yeah. I mean, I know, man, it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be great to have like a week away from all of this at the very least. 
um, just because the whole Julius Randle thing. Um, man, I, I, I've seen a whole bunch of people on Twitter. Uh, I've seen one tweet that I specifically quoted that, like, you know, someone said, why are we blaming Thibs? You know, look at everyone's stats besides Jalen Brunson. And it's just like, um, it's just like, well, yeah, the coach, I mean, the players are bad. Like they're playing awful right now, but like the coach is like not helping them do anything to like get out of whatever funk that they're in. Like the heart and RJ lineups, they help no one with spacing or any of the sort. So it's just like, Things like that, I, I don't understand where fans are, are, are coming from. Um, you know, I guess they want to defend the coach, whatever it may be. But, yeah, that was brutal. I mean, where do we go from here? Do we do we let's do we want to jump into comments? Do we I mean, everyone was pretty bad. Like, <laughs> like, man, I think we're going to jump into comments. I had that dog with him. I don't care if the Yeah, I mean that was another one I didn't get. Like, why did Hart why did he get benched? Yeah, I, I don't. I thought he should have closed. And I don't actually think Mitch was terrible tonight either. I just think but like, Hartenstein was just better. Yeah, he was better. He had he was starting to like really affect Bam. You know, he fucking swatted. Was it Bam that he blocked in transition? Yeah, yeah he blocked Bam in transition, oh. and then he stripped him on another one when it looked like Bam was going to dunk it. Um, he was like he got a couple contested boards. He was doing. He was playing really well. I just. Like again, Tibbs just he goes with the guys that he trusts, and I knew like, once he started the fourth quarter with Hart and RJ, and Hart like you know he was getting rebounds and stuff like that today, and he had a couple of good takes to the rim. I knew, like I, as soon as he hit that three, I was like a hundred percent sure he was closing the game today. I was like I just knew that. Um, it was like, I just, oh, he has it going. Yeah, like I, I'm sorry, it just. You know, and, and look, maybe this is a Brunson thing. I, I don't know for sure. I thought it was very weird throughout the second half. They were just, they just had Vincent on him, right? Basically the entire second half for most of it. Mm-hmm. Why are you calling for screens? Like, that wh- why? So... Like, that's the matchup you and want. And screens where Jimmy Butler was the one involved. Yeah, I, I just, again. Even, like, he was still cooking Jimmy Butler, too, but it's just like, why are you making it Making your job harder. Yeah, I, I just – I'll never get that. And at some point, like, if if you tell me – if that happens for a stretch, I can buy that it's just Brunson doing his thing. The fact that it continued – For the, almost the whole quarter. Yeah, it just continued. It's like, coaching. Yeah, that, that has to be a, a part of your game plan and decision-making from the top down. So I'll just I, – I thought, again, like, the difference between the, their coaching and ours – was fully on display today and honestly Spo didn't even I don't think Spoke had much to go to in this series like that roster is pretty limited in terms of what they can do he can draw up a shit ton of movement breeze and shit like that but the Knicks shut that off pretty well today and then for some reason they decided they had to double Jimmy Butler multiple times for no oh reason, my god I... um, which gave up open threes I felt like all the threes they made came off of those plays, which I just don't understand why. There was no reason to double Jimmy tonight. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, Jimmy, you know, for a guy who had, they've been, I, the amount of fucking bluster about Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy, that verbal year, fellation. But, yeah, for the fucking last six games. And, and look, I, I think Jimmy, Jimmy's proven that he's a great playoff player. So that's not like some crazy thing. But, like, I mean, did you this guys series, feel, they, 
Yeah. This series, I, I, before we headed into the series, it, it sounded like he was going to be Michael Jordan in, in the garden dropping double nickels every game. Like, but. Yeah. I mean, I thought he. Tonight. Yeah. I mean, he looked like a star. Like, he still played like a star. Don't get me wrong. But that was not like some dominant series victory or something. Yeah. It wasn't like what he did versus the Bucks, where he completely yeah. emasculated them. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he was seven for 22 tonight. And the fact that we just kept doubling him was insane. Um, really threw the defense for a loop. Um, and yeah, that, that also comes down to coaching. Like the fact that it happened for so many possessions and so many plays, like that was coaching right there. And that's, this was a coaching loss among other things, but mainly that, um, cause yeah, the players can stink, but like if the coach isn't going to help those players, like at least get into better situations where they can do better things and. This is what happens. Um, all right, we're gonna get into comments. Um, all right, let's see. Um, Chris Bernhardt says, "I'm very disappointed from RJ tonight. He played into his regular season version tonight, but I'm happy to see that we got to see he can play in the playoffs." I would say I'm disappointed in thirty, but we know. I mean, he just was never helped by his lineups. Like he played, he let that second quarter lineup where he. <laughs> Literally gave him no chance. What was it like? Deuce him. It was, it was Deuce him. Hart, Hart, and Hartenstein, and they basically told him, "We want you to run point guard with no spacing, no shooting, and you are already not beating that." Versus a zone defense. Versus a zone, and like, what do you expect him to do there? What do you expect him to do? And then they lost the lead in like a minute and a half. They didn't even give him the ball half the time in those possessions. Like, it yeah, hard. it was like Hart and like and Deuce, Deuce handling the ball. And you're saying like, Deuce have to pull out dribbles to get up to half court because he can't deal with the pressure. Like, what are you doing? He, he had Hart bring the ball up, and then Hart decided he had to drive the lane and got fucking stuffed by Bam. Like, it was just a total disaster. And it was one of those things where, like, normally I hate when Tibbs, like, you know, he'll put in a stupid lineup like that. Then he'll have like two bad plays and he'll call a timeout. Like I was actually like, hope I was like, like, I don't know if we need to go for the third play here. Like I think the two, like we're good. Like I think we see that this isn't working. Um, yeah. Look, he, I, I, I did this at halftime. Randall or Randall played 17 minutes in the first half. Brunson played 21 to have a stretch of three minutes where we're neither not, is not, on the not, floor. Not. Is in an elimination game, it's insane. Like, why isn't the play there to pull Randall at, like, the five-minute mark, put in Obi, and then just have Obi? Hell, if you wanted to play Deuce, you could take out RJ and then put in Deuce and then have Brunson, Deuce, Grimes, Obi, and then maybe Hartenstein, and then, like, maybe pull um, Brunson for, like, or rather not Brunson, like, oh, maybe Obi or whatever, like, but you had options to go to, and somehow he just decided, I'm going to make Deuce run point guard in the biggest game of his life when he's barely had point guard reps the entire season. It made no sense. It was wild. Um, I actually feel really bad for Deuce. Like, I, I don't know what he was supposed he to do. He didn't deserve to be put in that position. Yeah, he was beating yeah, up. He, the, like, in the last two games, he basically was, like, on the receiving end of, like, 10 runs. And it's like, people are making it seem like it's a Deuce thing. It's not a Deuce thing. It's not like it wasn't. It's that lineup. Like he, this is the, this is the same thing that he did. Like he, he's he's got burned multiple times in this series, doing this in game four or sorry in game three, he put in that uh that lineup. It was it was basically the same lineup, but quickly instead of Deuce to start the second quarter and the fourth quarter, 
And in the fourth, in the second quarter, they got absolutely destroyed in those. Minutes. I don't even hate the lineup, but quickly in it because you expect quickly to at least be some sort of like quasi. No, I, I hate it. I, I hate it because to me, like you can't, you can't treat the playoffs like the regular season. And That's by fair. that, I mean, like you're already going to up Brunson and Randall's minutes. Right. And RJ for that. Like, oh, you're going to up your starters minutes. Right. I get that. That makes sense. You every coach does that in the playoffs. That's not like some crazy psycho tips thing. If you know you're going to up their minutes, then it should be imperative that you try to minimize as much as possible the minutes where neither of those two guys who, whether we agree with this or not, those are the two guys. Well, we we all agree with one. Uh, We don't know about the second one. Well, those are the two guys, Brunson and Randall, that Tibbs trusts implicitly as his offensive engines, right? Those guys, when they're on the floor, they are the center of the offense. It is fucking ludicrous to play them the minutes he was playing them and have three, four, five minute stretches where neither is on the floor. I'm sorry, that's ludicrous. That's terrible coaching. And it just demonstrates like a lack of it's not even creativity. It's like just fucking logic. Like, do you learn from this? You know, like even Doc, fucking Doc, staggering guys. Now he gets has he has Harden or Embiid on the floor now the entire fucking game. This isn't hard. Is it's really not that hard, and it's ridiculous that it's still an issue. I, I just can't, I can't deal with it. I'm sorry. Like, I I get what you're saying, and and I agree. Quickly has to play better, and that's part of it too. That's not quick, but like, like, but he he also completely went away from quickly Brunson minutes in the playoffs. And those minutes were killer for us in the regular season. And they were good in the playoffs when they played together too. Like quickly Brunson Grimes have literally been one of the better three-man combos in the league. And we just never saw it. We didn't do in the, it was crazy. Even we didn't, we barely got to see fucking quick Brunson and and Hart. We got like, we barely got to see quick Brunson, RJ. We barely got to see quick and Brunson, you know, like this is just, it's just bad coaching. It, it really is. And, and like I can sort of understand it for the Cleveland series because the Cleveland series was literally just you need to punch them in the mouth to win, and Josh Hart was punching them in the mouth. But at the same time, you need to be like the offense was struck. The offense was struggling, and he essentially went from Game Five in Cleveland to Game One in Miami and went, "I don't need to change anything." And that's a horrible way to look at coaching. He you no know, that he went from Game Five in Cleveland to Game Four. It wasn't until game four against Miami where he changed the starting lineup. And the way that he operates, like, it, the starting lineup thing really wouldn't matter if he just would make a sub quicker. Like, okay, I don't really, I just, I'm going to keep Hart in because I don't want to pull him right now, but I'll take him or RJ out with, like, you know, Gross. five, four or five minutes into the quarter. But he never does that. He plays the starters until at least, like, there's three or four minutes after the quarter, and that's the first time he'll make a sub. The only early sub he ever makes is a center for a center. It's never anything else. Um, or, like, if there's foul trouble, that's it. But most of the time, the only sub he'll make is a center for a center. That's it. So And the, and the best rotations we had was literally with Julius working back from injury, where he finally realized that he could stack your lineups. Like, made no sense. No sense. I, I don't understand how you literally find out game one, oh, hey, if I take out Randall early put in OB, not only do the lineups are able to, like, survive, they're able to thrive, and then I get Randall against bench units, and then Randall literally had his best quarter, or his best half of the postseason against bench units. It just... I, I don't get how you luck into that, and it's not how I go, you know what? Nah. You need to get that out of the mud. 
Yeah. I mean, we got a whole bunch of comments rolling in about Thibs and his stubbornness and rigidity, things that we have been calling since God knows when. Um, Wolkite Frazier, um, he says his mood will bounce back if the Mavs pick bounces back on, bounces back to 11 on Tuesday. Oh, wow. Draft lottery is on Tuesday already? Jesus. Are we doing a live stream for that? Mm, no. Yeah. For what? The draft? Yeah. Draft lottery. I, I don't know. I don't uh, think TV. so. What else? Could be a Prez thing. If the Knicks get 11th, maybe. If the Knicks get 11th, then it'll be me and Prez yelling profanity <laughs> and talking about Taylor Hendricks. So. Um, Cactus Shag, Jalen Brunson's a superstar. Definitely prove that in this series. If he didn't prove anything else. Um, Walcott Frazier, he says floor balance was a huge issue in the fourth. Too many times Brunson slash Randall, sometimes ISO, sometimes together, bunched up against the sideline below the break with the other Knicks standing in Guam. Because literally the fourth quarter was we're not going to let – we don't care about R.J. Barrett, we don't care about Mitchell Robinson, and we don't care about Josh Hart. So, like, we try to run an action. We try, they're trying to do, like, an empty side pick and roll, and it's like that's not going to work because nobody cares about the other side. Like, literally at the end of the game, you saw it, like, at its – Utmost, like Jalen Brunson double team because Max Struess helped all the way off of Josh Hart. Um, and like everyone's like, Jalen Brunson, he's got to trust Josh Hart, he's got to trust Josh Hart. And it's like, well, I don't know if Josh Hart gave him anything to trust him for tonight. Like, I mean, he he Jalen Brunson really have rather thrown that awful pass to Jalen J- Julius Brandle than to have thrown an open a pass to an open Josh Hart for a three. What should I told um, you why Josh Hart shouldn't have been on the court? Yes. Legitimately, I'm like honestly, if if Tibbs is going to be this much of a horn dog for Josh Hart, like I don't know how you bring him back. I don't know how you bring him back because he's gonna be great in the regular season, but he kills lineups in playoff basketball. And it's not gonna be the Cavs series where he could just like smash mouth guys and you're gonna you're gonna live with like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen because that's just as bad facing as we have, but like Josh Hart is a seventh man on a good team, maybe an eighth. And he he's been enabled by this coach to have really bad habits. I I just do not know how you can really bring him back and not expect Tibbs to like immediately feel like he's one of the three most important players on the team. Because he feels like he's one of the three most important players on the team, and that shouldn't be the case. Um I, I, I honestly would just like walk. I love Josh Hart. I'm very happy we traded for him. I One, it's not surprising the three-point shooting cooled off because the guy was shooting like 9,000% after the trade from three. So that was just bound to happen at some point. Um, sucks that it happened when it did, but whatever. Um, that said, like, one, look, he, he was probably emotionally fucking all over the place today, right? I mean, he had twins today. Congrats to Josh Hart, by the way. Uh, and his mm-hmm. wife, Matt. Like, you know, I mean, not to say that he wasn't focused or, like, mailed it in or something like that. No, absolutely not. But, you know, it, it's reasonable that maybe, you know, your thought process can get muddled, right? Um, I think that's reasonable, and, and I don't, um, you know... I kind of wish he had the Fred Van Vliet powers, though. Yeah, right, yeah, that's true. But that, that's part of it, too. So, like, um, that's there, but you know, that said, you got to – he has to be able to re- – if he can't rein in Josh Hart, then what the fuck? And, like, this has always been my issue with Tibbs, where it's like it feels like there are certain guys he's very comfortable, like, getting on, right? You know, 
RJ, uh, and it, it, yeah, IQ, RJ, quick, Kobe. even RJ now. Since like I, I honestly feel like once you get actually paid, like he tends to just not push you guys like that anymore. Like, has he really gotten on RJ this season ever? Like, I don't really remember seeing. He that. said some stuff in the in the media, you know. Yeah, but it's like past. Like that's not the passive aggressive. Yeah, shit. that's not really like, you know getting on a dude the way he'll get on like quickly or get on an OB or something like that or deuce right for that matter grimes you see that all the time with them i feel like with Hart, it's just like he just doesn't really coach him it's kind of weird and um yeah look the other thing with this i don't even want to i don't care that much about that part of it but like the he's the he's mentioned this so that's what makes it so annoying is like one of the best values of josh hart is that he can play the four um, yes and he has mentioned that before he's used hard at the four before he said it unprovoked yeah unprovoked when and, they acquired him yeah and and he he's just like so and he just won't use it unless he absolutely has to the only times he's used it are effectively when randall is out injured or yeah that's basically it it's the only yeah. time he's used it, like, because you know, people talk about that game. What was it, game four against Cleveland, where Randall didn't play down the stretch, but he had Obi on the floor the whole time. Like, he it was not Josh Hart at the four; it was Obi at the four. So, mm-hmm. I just think that's again, you you have a team that to me is has versatile pieces that we have never used, we've never stretched the bounds of our versatility. Um, and we never really will with this coach because he just he's very rigid, especially at the four and the five. One to three is a bit more flexible, but those are like not it's not the same thing. Like if if you're just so rigid at the gotta play with the center, gotta have a four on the floor, um, there's just you're not gonna really explore the depths of what your group is potentially capable of. Um, and I think that's a really big frustration. And it's been a frustration for us like his whole tenure here, basically. I mean, the first year we kind of like, we're like, all right, he doesn't have like the pieces that he needs on this roster, blah, 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 whatever it may be with, you know, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, those type of guys. Um, But like, then he got, you know, the roster last year, which was obviously capable of more. And then this year where, you know, we're facing the eight seed team that is missing players and we're still not able to capitalize. So yeah, I mean, next year, what is it? I don't know if he's still here. Um, they say they can't see your caption. What does your caption say, Schwinn? Oh, um, it says, uh, what does it say? I forget. Um, let's see. Has many questions about Randall and Tibbs. We all do. We all do. Um AJ shows his two coaching losses in the second round. I don't know about if it was two, man. Could have been more. This whole series feels like it was a whole coaching loss on Thibs. Um, Julius Randle's fraud. The sky is the sky is actually dark now, but yeah, the sky is dark as Julius Randle is a fraud. Um, man, this Randle thing—it's going to be very interesting to see how this team approaches it in the offseason. I mean, like, do do you think they're gonna like? Uh, try to shop him i mean we've heard rumors that the Suns are going to try to shop chris paul um 
it's going to be interesting within itself with that situation. But do you think we get like a report within the next couple of days? Like, you know, the Knicks may, may look to shop Randall in the off season or no. Nah, what do you think? Shwin? Um, maybe, I don't know. Uh, look, I, I know that there's this idea that they're like never going to trade Randall. I don't really think that's true. Um, he's La Familia. Yeah. I, I don't really think that's true. Um, I, but they're not just going to give him away. And I think what was more informative is, and, and this has always been their thing is like, they they don't like trading at a loss. So last year, if you traded Randall, you were going to have to attach value. Like I know he had a bad playoff run just now, honestly, give it like two weeks and nobody's going to be no, like other than Knicks fans and like, I want to get rid of him desperately and, and random like Twitter trolls and stuff. You're not like most people are not going to be like, oh my god, like Julius was terrible in the playoffs and untradeable. Yeah, therefore his entire season doesn't count now. Like that's just not how it works. Um, the league is in a weird place. It's not easy to acquire talent. We know that. Randall has a really nice contract. Um, you know, you're talking about a league where Jalen Brown's probably going to be making north of fifty million dollars. Jason Tatum probably going to be making north of $60 million within a year's time. Um, like the salaries are exploding. So to me, um, Randall, despite all his flaws and issues, I think would have a market. Now what the Knicks would trade him for, I am not sure. Um, does it have to be like, you know, would they, need to get a star back for him like is it has to be a star trade i don't know maybe maybe they'd be comfortable trading him for like a good like two good players and two unprotected first round picks or something like that i don't know if that trade is even out there for them just giving an example like if they feel like ultimately randall isn't going to be the necessary level of player that you need for us to compete and you can't trust him in the playoffs you know you ultimately will probably need to trade to go get that guy getting a couple firsts and functional players in return for Randall. It's probably not a bad spot. It's probably not a bad return. And you could even argue it's gets them, you know, like again, you now you, now you have all, it could, your it could be a version of less is more. Yeah. You have all your first and, and you have two others and you got all these protected picks and yeah, like maybe this opens up usage for RJ for quickly for Grimes for these guys to maybe come into their own a little bit more. And, you know, look, I know that fans, you know, people have gone back and forth like, oh, Obi's useless, Obi's whatever. Clearly the front office likes Obi. Um, I don't think that's really in question at all. Yeah. It's possible that they're just like, yeah, you know what? If if they don't believe in Randall, maybe they're just like, yeah, you know what? Well, fuck it. Well, let's see what Obi can do as a starter. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying, like, it's likely or it's definitely going to happen, but I... I Definitely don't buy the whole, like, there's no way they'll trade Randall. I think that's bullshit. They'll definitely. I, the only guy in the team that they wouldn't trade in any scenario. Jalen Brunson. Yeah, that's it. That's the only guy they wouldn't trade for in any scenario. Um, Spo on Jalen Brunson, Um, his 41 points in game six. How's that dude not an all-star or all-NBA? He should be on one of those teams. I wish he were still out west. Man, you got to respect him as a competitor. He's got an iron will. There's something about these Villanova guys. They're as tough as they come as competitors. Shout out to Spo giving props. Uh, 
the emotional RJ Barrett. I played terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be tough. You know, these type of things, they build up players. Um, you know, our guys, they, they this is like their first, I guess, like real playoff disappointment, I would say. Because like that Hawks series was kind of like a, a gimme, I guess, right? Um, and then this series, they're favored versus a Heat team that's lower seeded. Um, and, you know, for this to be the outcome, very disappointing. But you know it's gonna it's gonna help these guys I think and we definitely saw that RJ is capable of stepping up when um, we need him to um, for the most part besides this game but yeah um, speaking of which H two H twenty two says RJ was fucking ass but he showed me something this playoffs but man I've given up on thirty um, fair that's very fair I mean. Randall has a large sample size of just not coming through and just like just awful habits that continue to show themselves, whether it's end of regular season the way it was this year or, you know, all of 21-22, these playoffs. It's just he's shown you enough to to the point where you're like, all right, we can move on from him. So fans are all right to be ready to give up on him i think we've all given him, him his fair share of grace and i think that time is that's passed as well um jordan bob he says three of the four fouls on rj was bs got him out of the game in the first half and he couldn't recapture the rhythm that he had in the first quarter throughout the game um how do you feel about that Schwinn? Like you're about to say something it seemed um yeah i mean look i agree with that i just Um, if I just I'm just not gonna I'm not really not interested in like talking about the refs tonight. The Knicks got a pretty good whistle tonight. They got a very true, very good whistle tonight. Um, if RJ was on the bad end of a few bad calls, it is what it is. Um, but look, he needed to play better tonight. He didn't. It's fine. Like that's it happens. You you have to have these experiences. Like unfortunately for him we didn't have enough other guys going off aside from Brunson to make up for the fact that he struggled tonight. Unlike Jason Tatum yesterday who played like dog shit and got praised endlessly for it at the end of the game by ESPN sucking his fucking wang um, in the post game press conference. Um, But yeah, like, you know, it's a good experience for him. It's a really good experience for him. I think there's a good experience for Grimes quickly. Those three guys specifically, I think, probably will learn the most from what happened in the playoffs, both good and bad. And um, I suspect all of them will come back next season and be better for it. And I mean, with RJ, it's really just like, yeah, just whatever you were doing in the playoffs. Do that in regular season. Yeah. Just start the season like that. And that's, that's it. Like, there's really not much else like, yeah, be a better three point shooter. But like, other than that, like that, that's really it. Um, Cause the way you played in the playoffs was awesome. And um you know, we quickly in Grimes, they got to, again, look at the tape, see where you can improve, um, see how playoff defenses treat you versus regular season where guys aren't eating up the pattern reports like that. And, um, yeah, look, like, like, 
I, I feel very strongly both those guys will be better for it too, and I think RJ will as well. So uh, that'll be interesting. Hopefully, Mitch can um, pretend it's always the crunch crunch time in a fourth quarter when he shoots free throws. Yeah, he's like cashing these shits like it's nothing. Like, yeah, apparently fuck? that's his uh, that, that's his happy spot. So, so you, need, you need to make fun of him for him to hit free throws now. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Just fucking laughing about <laughs> you're bow legged. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but yeah, look, like the Knicks they, they you know, like I, I think it's we talked a lot about like things that are frustrating about this game and whatever, but they fought tonight. And um, you know, like obviously that wasn't enough. You can't just fight, you need to make some shots too. But like they didn't embarrass themselves, they didn't throw in a, the, the towel like this wasn't the fuck they didn't pull a phoenix suns you know they 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 really competed out there they went out with pride. yeah they 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 played hard and this team has showed all year that they do play hard and they do compete and they do have a lot of resilience so um it's a good group really hope that they can figure out a way to get into the draft if that dallas pick doesn't jump because i do think they still need to be looking for a young t- they they need to replenish their pipeline of young talent because they need cheap young talent yeah and, and not just that you can't two years without drafting somebody basically is rough like you yeah that, that's not great so they hopefully they find a way and maybe maybe it's just like even as simple as buying or, or finding their way into like the top of the second round or something whatever but they need to they need to get somebody um, um and they, they need to they need to replenish their pipeline or hey look like you know one way to do that is bring over rokas I don't know if he's gonna come, but like he's never, he's never gonna like he basically said in the interview, I think at the beginning of this year, he's like, I'm not coming unless I get like minutes in a roll. He's not getting minutes in a roll. Uh maybe not. I don't know. Plus, like you don't pay, you're not gonna pay a buyout fee for a guy like that. Like the buyout fee, plus you have to give him like a standard contract. Like I don't think they would care about that. I think it would just be him. Like, would he wanna come? Because he's a CAA guy. Like they yeah. They picked yeah. him for a reason. They probably they had more income than anybody. I think they picked him because I thought they were going to make it like an all-in trade too, and then they could probably bring him over like for like cheap depth. But I don't think he's coming over unless like he. Okay, I'll say like I think they trade his rights before he comes over. Yeah, I, I just whatever. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just another way for them to potentially bring in another young piece, uh, replenish their their pipeline. But like. Yeah, I mean the Randall part of it all is honestly the most intriguing part of the offseason for me because again, like I don't want to do the tids of Randall thing again, but like part five. I just fundamentally think there's a better chance of I personally feel there's a better chance they trade Randall than they fire Tibbs. I'll put it that way. If I had to guess on that, that would be my guess. Um, um Real quick, I just want to like I just want to address this comment. Mitch Robinson's ceiling issue high and still doesn't look the starting center. Our development is horrible. I don't know if you watch, but Mitch Robinson is like I think pretty firmly an above average center, if not a top ten center on like his good rights. I don't really think that's an issue. I think Mitch Robinson is limited, but I also kind of feel like did we just forget the Cavs series where he outplayed two quote unquote all star level centers and was the best player arguably in that series or the most impactful player in that series? I I don't think you could just hand wave with the first round. Um Richard Robinson is a good center. I think they just need to have more versatility from the center spot. And and not even from the center spot. I need the I think they need the ability to go to lineups where they can have spacing on the floor, which means they should be playing small, but that's not gonna happen on the tip, so like it's not even a, it's not even a situation. 
So you want them to trade for Porzingis? That's what I'm hearing you say. I do not want to trade for big RAPE. That's good. Um, yeah, keep Porzingis wherever Porzingis is. Let him waste away to Washington. Now, Brooke Lopez, you can talk me into it. Give me, give me big Brooke. I mean, Lopez is a free agent, right? Yeah, he's yeah, a free agent. He's like, what is he, like 35 or some shit? I don't care. Look at Al Horford. Al Horford giving you the ethical buckets of like 38, whatever. I'm not looking at Al Horford. Al Horford? You're talking to the wrong person, which Al Horford. Al Horford. <laughs> I forgot Al Horford's on this shit list. Man, Schwinn, talk about the parallels with the, the the Indiana series in 2013, man. Don't talk about the Indiana series. I mean, this this loss was a lot like that one too, right? Uh, yes. Tight game. Feels like Coach right going there. back to bullshit that yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Um. Actually, the one of the amusing parts about that last play where Brunson turns it over was like he had heart wide open. He, he didn't trust looked him. at him. Yeah, he did. He he didn't trust that. Not only, I think it's not like, oh, I don't trust him to make the shot. I, I think he didn't trust him. To, yeah, to take the fucking shot. <laughs> he was gonna pump fake and drive into the lane, try to get a yeah. layup or some shit. <laughs> um. So I thought that was pretty funny, but like, yeah, I, I. It's just one of those things where you're like, man, um, you gotta. You really again, we don't like you like Tyrese kind of. When we just mentioned this, but like you need more versatility to five, but like you actually have a guy who could play the five. Randall can play the five. Randall can play the five, and you have the wings, I think, to make it work. Yeah, like he doesn't. Miami's got some big menacing team. Like, what the hell? Like, it's Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio is not this. Adrees. Adrees. Adrees Femi out of bio is not this imposing river protection threat. So, like, I don't know why he decided to. Somehow he had to run big all the time, and it's like if you wanted to play hard, you could have played hard and Grimes together with RJ. If you ran Randall at the five, like that's the only way that works. If you want to play hard and RJ, you need to run Randall at the five. I just it just kind of feels like he wants to play guys together, and he's just like, well, these guys can only occupy these minutes. And if he just ran small lineups, he would be able to run the guys that he likes together more efficiently and everybody would benefit from it. But somehow, some way we are still stuck in 20, 20 fucking 2013 with this shit, dude. Or just, the East is big, man. The East is big. <laughs> the only thing this game was missing was a Chris Copeland and Shumpert esque run to, you know, give hey, us some real hope. Man, Chris Copeland's only like 36. Bring him back. Bring him back. This guy's hooping at the Drew League. I think we're good. Oh, he's 39. Never mind. And he's hooping at the Drew League. I think we're good. Okay, we can bring him back. Um. BX Boy seventy one says the dynasty starts after Thibs. I love the dynasty starts after comment. Um, Draymond gave us an all timer there with that one. Well, Draymond's about to give us an all time fucking post game after he fucking gets the packed up. This will be great. Can't wait. Uh, uh, Meno F says JJ was spot on when he said if your offense is reliant on Brunson and Randall hitting tough shots, you got little margin forever. Need a need a more innovative offense and a coach who knows. His personnel. I okay. The offense 
for 95% of the season following the rotation change worked. I think what the offense needs is more versatility. The offense needs to be able to go where we're not getting offensive rebounds and we're not able to hit those tough shots. We need the ability to create easier shots. The Knicks don't create easy shots. The Knicks, that's, that's what Redick is saying. I mean, like, but, like, innovative offense kind of just seems like we need, like, I think they just need more. They need to have lineups where they can go small and open up the paint. I don't think that's, that's really, I don't think it's innovative. I don't think it's really innovative because. Okay. It would be innovative for us. For this, for this coach. Yeah. I, think that's right. I disagree. I think you definitely need to be more innovative. You cannot, you're not going to win a fucking championship just, like, bruising teams and muscling your way for extra possessions. Like like forget, forget, like, let's say we got to the finals. Okay. Let's just live in this make-believe world where the Knicks get to the finals. Okay. They played the Lakers. Let's say they played Lakers. You're not muscling the Lakers, dude. Like you're just not like, you're probably not going to muscle Boston the next round. Like you're not, you, you barely muscle the fucking Miami this round. You can't. Today was like the first time they actually got physical with them. Yeah. You, you can't win just, Winning possession battles, dude. It's not 1993. Like, you're not you're not gonna fucking just half court your way and play ISO ball and bludgeon your way to a championship. I mean, it doesn't it didn't even fucking work back then, man. Like, it's just a fucking like you're never going to win like this. This was this was a drawback. This was an issue that Van Gundy had. This is an issue that all the Knicks teams had going back to you know the 90s with Riley. Like, their offense was just never good enough. Riley's was better, but, like, it was just never good enough. And some of that's talent. But this team doesn't lack the talent. That's that's where I, like, you're talking about that's versatility. The most frustrating I, think team, thing. I think this team does have versatility. Like, I think they do have guys that can do multiple things and be threats in different ways. You have to actually let them fucking do it. And, I mean, today, like, why is everything this walk the ball up, Fucking pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. Did we get a single? Like, did we get any points in transition? Maybe like two. That Josh Hart layup was that the only yeah, thing we got in transition? Have, it might have been. Like, because like, like there were so many times that we would get in transition, and then the Knicks would just pass, make the extra pass unnecessarily, or they would try to reset the offense for whatever reason. But that, that's kind of like like to me that's just you don't. We never run. Like we just don't run with the team at all, and. I, you don't need to be the fastest paced team in, le- in the league or something like that. And I don't even care about like you. I don't particularly mind playing at a slower pace. What I mind is when we walk the ball up the floor every fucking time, you can run the ball up the floor. Now you can get into your offense faster. Everything is just so slow. Yeah. There was like a, there was a, a play down the stretch where like the, the, the broadcast, they were like, all right, let's see how let's see how much time is left when the Knicks get into their offense, and then it was like eleven seconds. But yeah, Jalen Brunson had like a pull up midi too. I I just I I do I really do think some of that is really it it is tied to Randall, but mo, but but I I mean that's also scapegoating him too. I think this is like this is a choice. This is Tibbs is like a tactical choice for Tibbs. He feels that this is the best way. This is how he wants to operate. He's been a slow like, but his teams have been pretty slow in pace his entire career. Um, so I don't know, like it, it, it has to evolve. And I think that's really the biggest thing is the Knicks kind of did evolve this year. Um, they like got really good at playing Tibbsy and ball. 
But they need to now, I really think they need to consider evolving their play style at this point. Like, I'm happy Julius can, like, shoot three sometimes. But I don't feel like the floor is ever really spread for us, ever. Like, it, I mean, we don't have a true stretch for it, right? Like, Randall can shoot threes, and Obi shoots threes, and that's cool. But, like, they're not uh, they're would, not opening I, the floor up like that. Like, they're, they're not up. opening the floor up in the way uh, that other teams do. The thing is, like, I don't, like... I disagree with that because you look at like his shot chart compared to like the other premier wings in the league, like they're identical. They're or like the distribution is essentially identical compared to like a lot of those. How many threes is Jason Tatum getting getting up today in the same spots that Randall got the ball? I mean, but they're also running an offense where like he's they're running a fucking more goal offense. That and that's been a criticism of Jason Tatum where it's like the Knicks are running a Marvel offense in a different way. It's yeah, a but, different, it's but that's a, my it's point. Different... Is we, we need to. I, I'm just giving an example. You could. I, there's so many wings around the league. Where I'm like, how many threes would this guy get up in this same exact spot? Like, Rand, how many times did Randall pump fake today to like wait for Bam to get close to him, and then he could launch some stupid ass fucking shot over him? I'm sorry. Like, I just. I don't think the floor is spread in the same way when Randall's on the floor. And I think the Knicks play slower consistently when he's on the floor. I think and that I agree with the point that they, I did I agree with the point that they play slower, but I also kind of feel like you look at how um Randall was defended game two compared to OP game one, like I do think that there is a difference even in like Randall's spacing and stretching because like again, I don't know how many fours in the league are giving you the level of like the fact that Randall's willing to take as many threes as he does. He wasn't taking them in the postseason because I feel like he was fucking bad. But, like, he took 8.3 threes in the regular season. Like, how many How many fours in the league are taking? It's, but, you're, but what was his usage? He's, like, 28 usage. So, to me, it's, like, how is he deriving those threes? Are they, are they in the flow of the offense? Or are they him stalling things down to take threes. Also, There's at the a, same time, he is the offense, which is, again, part of the problem. Right, but that's, that's again, my point. Like, you have to evolve. Like, they need to evolve offensively. You're not going to win playing this way. Like, I think, not. I think and, he needs and to we have, more... We have, some, we have a decent sample now of evidence in the playoffs that Tibbs' offense stalls out. I mean, this isn't just a New York thing. This happened with him in Minnesota. This happened in Chicago. Like, his offense, like, his simplicity offensively works in the regular season. Um, in the playoffs, it's a different animal. And, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just, to me, I don't know how you, I, I can't really believe that when you watch the Knicks play, you were like, man, there's so much space here. Like, I, I think, don't feel I think a lot, But I think a lot of part of that is because they were playing in lineups with two non-shooters almost exclusively. And the only times you would get lineups with four shooters and it would be Brunson, IQ, Grimes, Randall lineups. And then you would still be playing with a paint bound big, maybe hard side gives you a bit more space to be able, and the ability to like extend up to the free throw line and stuff. But again, we never used them as like a free throw line threat. So again, that also comes into the situation. I I do not know how many more fours stretch the floor like Randall. Like 
given the fact that he was taking as many threes as he took this season, the fact that he shot a decent percentage um, on three from them, the fact that he took a quarter of his threes unassisted, I, again, I don't know how many more... Like, I would say Laurie Marketing guarantees stretches the floor more than him, but he's taking 20% of his threes more assisted. I don't know how many more three. I, I don't know how many more fours in the league. To that it's point, though, what does that matter if it doesn't translate to now? Again, again yes, we can talk about the playoff performance. I think we're just talking about like Randall stretching the floor. I do think it. I do think this conversation like how many guys in the league stretch the floor from the four spot the way he does, and can also generate the amount of like, like generate the amount of bodies he gets to the paint and in the rim. It's a weird archetype. I wish he was better, and I wish he was more proactive and more um, polished as his decision maker. But like the archetype of player who could do the things that Randall does, is like I don't really know. Like shit the bed in the playoffs. I'm talking of yes, shit the bed in the playoffs. But I'm also just talking about in terms of like, in theory, Randall is like a bruising paint big who could also shoot a bunch of threes. I don't know how many players in the league could actually do that. Yeah, especially when you factor in. He fucking slapped. Just shit the bed in the playoffs. I, I, he fucking slapped. I'm not gonna disagree with you, dude. Oh man, yeah, we're definitely gonna enjoy this break from Knicks basketball for a little bit. Um, Randall, he said, um, we'll be back. Um, nice to know he's picking up French. Um, with this we talk. Um, but yeah. Uh, what, what was I just that performance today from him was. Just today, or that was, I mean, the last three games have been ridiculous to watch, but that today was man, that was something. Jesus, I can't believe that. I guess I can believe it, but that was a brutal, brutal performance for him today. Man, you had all these heat players and coaches like just like sucking off Jalen Brunson in the the post game. We really got a guy. Um, all right. Um, Walcott Frazier asks, does the front office understand RJ and Hart is a bad combo? Will something be done about that in the offseason? Will they trust Dips to stagger accordingly? No, no, I know. Like, I think if you were, like, I think analytically the, pro- the front office probably knows, but it's also like, do you really want to be the guy who has to make a decision between Josh Hart and RJ Barrett, dude? Like, the fact that this is even a conversation is wild. Because that's not a conversation with any other coach in the league. The fact that we're literally having, can we keep Josh Hart on the team or R.J. Barrett on the team because of Josh Hart is a wild conversation. Like, the fact that I'm actually saying that out loud and I'm legitimately serious about it is an indictment on what Tom Thibodeau has done to coaching. I just, I think they understand it's a bad combo. I don't think anything's going to be done in the offseason, and I don't think anything's going to be done roster-wise, because I feel like they're both coming back next year. And you just have to trust RJ to be a better shooter. You have to trust Josh Hart to be relevant as a shooter. And you basically need to trust Tom Thibodeau to figure it out. And I don't think all three of those things are happening in the same season. I mean, in the regular season, I'm sure it'll be fun. Not really worried about that. It wasn't even good in the regular season. It kind of felt like quickly was Herculean carrying in that offense. But that's my point. They they're, yeah, they're yeah. fine in the regular season. Like they figured out 
What work in the regular season? Like they they like you're gonna coast to fifty plus wins in the regular season. So like at this point, like you know the rotation works. You know that you're gonna be able to have a high floor in the regular season. It comes down to giving yourself pivots at the postseason, and that's just not going to be a tenable line. It was the fact that it wasn't tenable in the regular season, given the fact that you guys were crushing it, and it was even worse in the postseason. And I still don't feel that there's gonna be changes. Kind of just like tells you the story. Oh man, when will our suffering end? Never. Um, Nafim Yohuda says Randall passing it out of drive Smith <laughs> multiple times this game crushed me. I don't understand um, the emphasis on overpassing that, and I kind of felt like that was a coaching decision, but it also just why? Why are you passing it under the basket to Mitchell Robinson? Like I love, I love Mitch. I love his defense. His hands this season have not been good. Especially in traffic with two defenders in the heat's war. You have to like know the situation there and you have to understand what is happening. And it kind of feels like if you have a floater, a five floater at the rim, put it up. Because at the very least, Mitchell Robinson is right there to at least try to grab the offensive rebound. It just kind of feels like you're denying your PPP. I don't get it. I don't get a lot of the decisions that tempt me in this series. I don't get a lot of the decisions that everybody that was in jail at one seminar made. So I mean, it's not that complicated. Randall and Hart had the yips. Yeah. yeah. That's so that's what it is. Like this Randall discussion is so fucking stupid because we have to like keep oh well he's good in the right. We know he sucks in the playoffs. That much is just a fact at this point. Um and not only does he suck offensively in the playoffs. But you have no idea what you're going to get from him defensively game to game. So I don't really know what we want to do with this guy. I He's a very frustrating, weird player. Um, I'm very much over the Julius Randle experience, I think. Again, I'm trying to wait and like a week at least and really try to think back on this stuff. I, I get why they would keep him. I don't think it's easy to trade him. But I do think at, at the end of the day, at some point, if they really want to make that next step as a team and become a contender, part of that is going to involve moving Julius Randle. I really do believe that to be true. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next comment. We got here... Let's see. Man, I don't... Does, does Randle get all NBA anymore? Like... Because, you know, a lot of these reporters, they look at this type of shit. Carl Anthony Towns has pissed himself. He's still going to all Like, the regular season, the regular season, I don't really think. Unless you're talking about, like, major awards, I kind of feel like teams, like, they don't really. All NBA is pretty major. I mean, all NBA is pretty major, but, like, the fact that it's going to be 65 games and the fact that the Knicks are going to be a good regular season team and he's going to have good regular season performances, I don't think people care. I really don't think it's like DeMar DeRozan is out here getting all NBA, dude. People don't care. I don't know. Randall just Randall just seems like to have like a different type of. I mean, we also don't know that he's gonna have a good regular season. Yes, Very like true. it. It's not a given anyway. We know that much. We saw it. So. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. Look, I'll, I'll put it this way. Regular season, Randall, 
was definitely a better player than Bam Adebayo. This series, you fucking Bam, kidding me? Bam Adebayo took his fucking lunch. You fucking money. kidding me? That wasn't even. That was like a mismatch. That was a total mismatch. He looked terrible compared to Bam. Bam was probably he was the Heat's best player in the series. To me, like I, I don't think Butler was better than him in, in this series. I think Bam was. Bam was. You think Bam was better than Brunson? I said Bam was the oh, best player. player. Oh, I just said yeah. the, I just said the best player. No, but no, like I, that was embarrassing for Randall. Like we can sit here and talk about the role players all we want, but like it's pretty funny how as the series went on, the Heat's role players were not fucking. Aside from when we just let Duncan Robinson take seventeen wide open threes, like their role players did not exactly yeah. continue to be on fire. Their blood um, packs with Satan ran out. Yeah, so like. It's about your stars and it's about your coaching. And like we got worked by Tibbs lost his margins. And even with that, even with that, if Randall plays at like 90% of what he was in the regular season, probably win this series. You definitely win this game tonight. Um, Unbelievable to watch that meltdown from him. And I'm have, absolutely no faith in him anymore and i really don't want to hear about anything about his fucking individual accolades and how good he was for the regular season because we all acknowledge that um there's nothing to deny there you have to accept that he was that but like if the guy is going to be you know if you're if we're gonna say he's a star these are the games where you need him these are the moments you need him. these are the series you need him and did he he didn't turn up at all. Um, and he left, he left a lot of guys out hanging out to dry defensively and offensively. He just was nowhere near good enough. And like, I'll, I think this is really what it says to me when we played Atlanta in 2021, a lot of the reasoning for why he struggled was, well, he's asked to do too much to, to create too much. The Knicks don't have another guy. Defense is loaded up on him, blah, blah, blah. What is the excuse now? Because the Knicks didn't just have a guy. They had a guy. I, I don't have no idea what he's going to finish at. I would bet that after this game tonight, Brunson is over like 58 true shooting for the playoffs. Uh, I, I actually just saw a tweet that had his true shooting up. Um, I can pull it up right now. Look at it on NBA.com. Yeah. Uh, his true shooting is 59. 58.9, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't I mean he, he had. And he also shot piss from three. Yeah, and, and like so, you had a guy who was taking plenty of the attention away from Julius because of how he was cooking, and he still put up a stinker. And there are going to be people that talk about the ankle and this thing and that thing. I don't want to hear about it, man. Randall or Brunson play, was playing on a, on, a bu- on a bum ankle. Butler's out there playing on a bum ankle. Guys are hurt. It's the playoffs. That's what it is. If you're going to play this badly, then just don't play. And if you are going to play, then guess what? You get judged on how you perform. And it's not just, again. If you perform like shit, you can yeah, get treated It's It's not just about making shots. I don't, like, that. that's actually the part that concerns me the least because in some ways I figure, like, you know, if you could do all the other things, that's what matters. Yeah, do the other shit. Give me the effort. And he just didn't. And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just really over that entire experience of watching him. It's really tiresome. And um, 
again, I'm glad that it, it, I mean, I'm not glad that the next season is over, but I am glad that I can have some, uh, some time off from watching Julius play for a little bit. That will definitely, that will definitely mend the soul. Sports don't matter anyway. No, I can watch the fucking match. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's the freeway. What do you want me to do? Nigga ripping ass and burning me on the freeway. Anyways. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Raheem Spivey, or Spivy, um, says, front office needs to be taking calls on everyone outside of Brunson this offseason. That's a little bold, I'll say. Um, he says, Thibs needs to go because this offense has no creativity. I agree with you there. This result is the ceiling of this roster. Dude, I will kidding? disagree with you. Are you kidding? On that point, because... Dude, we're, we're the youngest team in the playoffs. We were the youngest team remaining. Um, also, like we had one of our best young players out for half of the series that was good on defense and well, could have had ahead. another good game or two, especially another good game at the Garden. Like, who knows if Quickly was there for game five, um, what he could have provided. Um, just things like that you, you got to take into account when you think about the this result. When you say stuff like this result is the ceiling of this roster. Um, I also think, you know, a lot didn't go our way. Um, like, a lot didn't go our way. Shots that guys were making in the regular season, they weren't making um, now. And, you know, that's things that just happened. But I think that, you know, I think this team could have went to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Like, that was they not... Should, they, they, should they should have been getting ready to go to the Eastern Conference Finals right now. I don't know. Um, I don't think that this if result... If Tibbs needs to go... Because of his lack of creativity, how do we know that this is the ceiling of the roster? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I just don't agree with that. And it's the same shit that people said last year. Oh, you got to trade fucking, you got to trade RJ and quickly and Obi and all these picks for Donovan Mitchell. It's Donovan Mitchell. You got to do it. And I didn't want to do it because I was like, I think these guys can be better um, than they looked at times last year because I think Tibbs held them back. And Tibbs did not hold him back this year because he was, uh, let's just say he, he figured out all on his own um, to play young, the young guys on the team. And lo and behold, um, they were key components for why this team vastly outperformed expectations. So why I, I'm not putting a ceiling on them or what the capability of this team is, even with Tibbs as our coach. Um, you know, we saw, from December 4th onward, what were they? They were 37 and 22, right? Like, that's yeah. fucking really good. That's like a 54-win pace, probably 55-win pace off the top of my head. I'm not sure exactly. But, like, it's a really good team. They can win a lot of fucking ball games. But, yeah, you do need to be more creative. And Tibbs' lack of creativity up affects how we view various players, and it affects what the ceiling outcome is for the roster. Like, he's not going to kill you. Um, he's not like a Fisdale who's going to, like, nuke and sabotage your team from the inside. But he's also somebody who probably is more or less... Like, the best value Tibbs gives you is that he gets guys to play hard for the most part. That's consistently something he's been able to do throughout his career. And to be fair, like, young guys have developed well under him. So, you know, whatever his issues and hangups that we have with him as a coach, like... I don't really worry about like the ability to develop talent or the ability to get guys to like commit and play hard game to game week to week 
all that stuff. He he's he's proven he can do that. And this group has improved under him. Um and they do play hard. So that's credit to him. But yeah, come playoff time, you need more than that. And he's been a coach for a long time, has not shown much of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, Brian Benjamin, he says, Thibs did a great job this year, but let's be real. If we switch coaches, Knicks would have likely won. Um, Eric Spolster brought Duncan Robinson out of the shed in the playoffs, but Thibs could find use for Evan. Wow, that's not where I thought this comment was going. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did not see this comment going to asking for Thibs to use Evan Fournier in the playoffs. Anybody asked to use Evan Fournier in the playoffs did not watch Evan Fournier, bro. I'm sorry. Duncan Robinson had one game. One game! And people are acting like Duncan Robinson was this was this like game-changing game-changing thing. Like, dude, Duncan Robinson sucks. He had one Mickey Mouse series against the Heat. And he sucked in the series. Like he was bad. He didn't do anything in the series aside from game five. Shout out Brian Benjamin for making me. Ever forty needs to go. You know where he needs to go? He needs to go to France. And he needs to go play at FIBA. Because that's when the only time he's relevant past the month of May. Okay, he is a FIBA legend. Go, go be Mono Ginobili. Go be Mark Gasol. Go be whatever you want to be, but don't be that on the Knicks, bro. Because he's not doing that on the Knicks, bro. Get that one good game against the Sixers, and we thank him for the seeding. That's it. You know, I'll say this, though. I agree. Like, I don't think Evan Fournier is going to, like, change your fate or something. You know, probably just figure out the nine guys that were actually really good for you this year probably just use them better, and that does more for you than Evan Fournier ever would. But there is something to be said. Like The difference between Tibbs and a guy like Spo is Spo keeps his guys engaged all the time. And if you're on the roster, he's probably going to give you a shot at some point. Do you remember, there were games what was the, that stretch we had like that we had that game in Dallas right where we basically played six guys the entire game um and then we had and then we did the same thing against both San Antonio and the Rockets and, yeah and Houston that was like a whole that was a whole trip a road trip of just like playing six guys like what, like was it was like would it really would it really have killed Tibbs to like throw Svi Mikhailuk in the game Sweet Mikhailo was killing it in Charlottetown this season. Yeah, he was a really good fantasy pickup. Um, but like, That's like what the like? I know. I mean, honestly, like, like the like the difference between with Tibbs and Spo is Tibbs looks at that and is like, well, gotta play six guys. Yeah, like I think all these other guys suck, so I'm just not gonna play <laughs> these them. guys. Stink. Yeah, in game like fucking fifty three of the season. Like, I'm just nope, not gonna do it, and. <laughs> Spolster will look at that and just be like, okay, well, I guess tonight's, uh, you know. Omer Yurt 7. Yeah, tonight. I got to play Yurt 7 tonight. Or <laughs> let me throw fucking, like, hey, what I Jovic in the game. game or something. Yeah. It's just, like, it, it's just, you never get that, right? And it's like, yeah, like, like for like I don't care that he didn't play Evan tonight at all. Or that fact that he didn't play Evan at all in the playoffs. But, like, okay, you need a three at the end of that game, right? 
isn't that a spot where you're just like, okay, let's we put have a guy who it's threes. Yeah. That, that's like a moment right there where you're like, okay, that's what a specialist is for. The only time he seems to believe in using a specialist is defensive stops at the end of a quarter. That's it. It's the only time he actually goes goes to specialists on in a, in a game. He never uses specialists offensively. Like, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's pretty hilarious, actually, when you realize it. But, yeah. A.J. Schuler, he asks, is Thibs Mark Jackson without the Jesus? Yeah, and without the homophobia. Um, He's an ethical Mark Jackson. Yeah, Tibbs is many things. Um, he, he's just he's a good coach who gets you to a certain point. Probably can't take you over the top. Probably not going to fully <coughs> stretch the bounds of what you're capable of with him, which is fine. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach. It just means that there's a limitation to what you're going to do with him. Yeah. Um. This is funny. Huh. Well, Claire Fergus says, just walked back to my car, found a ticket for a double lane violation signed by Meter Maid. Scott Ross, that was insane, by the way. Like the lane violation calls. Like, when do we ever see that many in one playoff game? Remember when Babe did it first? Like, look <laughs> Like, that, you can't do a double lane violation because if somebody lane violated, if you're looking at the double lane violation, that means that somebody had to violate the lane first. Well, it also like he made the free throw, so I I don't I never yeah, get that. Yeah, that's so stupid. If a guy makes a free throw, why even call a lane violation? Nothing. It that it never. There was no advantage that that occurred to officiate, so just let it go. Why are people talking about Damian Lillard? Oh my god, I hate this. Uh, Stephen A. Smith had a rant, and he's talking about Car Anthony Towns and Damian Lillard. <sighs> Stephen A. Smith needs to shove his head in the hole. Stephen A. Smith is not a Knicks fan and is doing this for engagement. If anybody cares, like, if anybody cares about Stephen A. Smith opinions or otherwise, like, whatever. Wow. Um, apparently they interviewed Evan Fournier. I don't know why, but... Yeah, he why? Said he'd he said he'd be surprised if, they came, if he came back next year. <laughs> If he comes back next year, I'll have to deal with it myself. Are you kidding me? I mean, he, he might be surprised if he comes back next year. I'll be surprised yeah. if they move him because that – who's – who's like, yeah, we need – Who's buying low on Evan Fournier? Yeah, need, I mean, like, if they're, if they're trading Evan Fournier, they're trading him to get somebody. Evan Evan Fournier and Derek Rose for, uh, for, CP, for CP3? Schwinn? <laughs> I know you're sick. If you say that shit again, I'll be sick. Look, man, that's what Alex was putting on the ether today in the Discord in the morning. Alex is the boss. I can't say what I want to say. He can. It's fine. Look, he can't fire you. It'll be racist if he does. It's, it was, it was, it's his birthday weekend. I'll let him know. But Alex, that shit only, is It's only okay if I fire you. Oh, my God. That should be a hate crime. Man, they're defacing Randall posters in at the MSG watch party. Very nice of Knicks fans to be idiots. I gotta say, last like, day of the season. What does that do for anybody? Like, I've never 
And I'm like, I'm <laughs> so, definitely... I'm sorry. If Julian Vandal kisses his kids after this game, I can't. No, that was crazy. <laughs> that was like the most insane. That was the most insane shit I had ever heard in my life. Like, oh yeah, no, you see the fact that he's. I wish they had one thing. I, I wish if they had one thing. I wish that he like just fucking grabbed Kendra and they just got it on it. <laughs> Like, what the fuck was like live sex celebration? Yeah, like, what is he not? He's he, like, yo, you know, what's what makes you a terrible teammate? Loving your family. Like, what the fuck? You family they want okay. him kissing the homies, they want him kissing the homies. First. They want us to walk into jail and bust him and just go, <laughs> it's just so bizarre to me. Like, it's like a Ken and Martin of all people too. Like, dude, who are like, you know, that entire panel? It was hilarious, right? Because if you look at it, fucking, I'm pretty sure NBA psychos. I'm pretty sure there's not one person <laughs> in that panel that's won an NBA championship or is sane. Yeah, I think, arenas, only, I, I think only Brandon Kenyon, Jennings, <laughs> Kenyon Martin had gone to a finals. Kenyon Martin was Great. in court for divorce at, at Julius. I don't think you should talk to him about marriage. <laughs> that was so ridiculous, though. I remember I saw that last night, and I didn't, like, register. And then I saw it again this morning, and I was like, wait. Like, Why is this getting so much buzz? Yeah, what? <laughs> and, then, and then people are like, let him cook. He has a point. Like, no. <laughs> You're not embracing your teammates first, man. That makes you a bad teammate, and that's bad body language to love your family. Oh, my oh God, my dude. Being, being, having, having a family is now means that you're not dedicated to hoops. That's why Tom Thibodeau is a real hooper. Because Tom Thibodeau said, I don't even want to get married to this shit. Imagine being Tom Thibodeau, you're not even married, you have no championships that you want as a head coach. Like, you're just whack, bro. You got no bitches. (laughs) You got no bitches for this? You got no bitches to be rigid as shit. That's what he needs. <laughs> rigid as shit. <laughs> maybe he needs some hoes. I don't know, man. Maybe some hoes. Get, like, women give you perspective, bro. Like, maybe you need something. Because clearly, your whole coaching philosophy don't work out. Okay. If we go big red Tom Thibodeau, he needs to get some bitches. I feel like that's a fair compromise. You, get, you can't be out here bald, fat, ugly, and rigid. Like you gotta pick a struggle. Wow, you're just killing him tonight. <laughs> God. Um, Jalen Brunson is the fourth player in NBA history, history to make more field goals than the rest of his team when facing elimination. Joining LeBron, who did it twice, Kobe and Penny. So what I'm hearing is Jalen Brunson, Kobe, is LeBron. generational. So, so it's Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, Jalen Brunson, Game Six. Oh, did that game start again? What? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, that it, they're back from the half. Lakers are up by like fourteen. The dynasty ends today, boys. I'm leaving here with something. Why are you? Can I just say, I never. Why are people rooting for the Lakers? Because like, LeBron Lakers. is my goat. You're so gross, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, I revere Jordan, even though he booked my ass. Randall no, and LeBron, Stan. I rooted Same against play. Michael Jordan 
when Michael Jordan was in the NBA. I was not and, like, and I, and oh, I, my God, really he's the best player of all time. I love him, and I need him to, to win everything. All, no, I didn't want him to win. I want to see LeBron get six. I'm shameless with it. I don't care. Oh, my God. I know you're shameless. Yeah, you're Schroeder man. just got ejected. You're Schroeder getting ejected to try we, their hardest. We, we know you're shameless, bro. You don't need to tell us that. We okay. What's wrong with being shameless? A lot. A being lot. shameless gets you far in life. Wow, That's they really it? just ejected this. Ask Draymond Green how far being shameless gets you in life, dude. That man is out here clapping for LeBron James every time he scores. Yeah, nice yes tonight. Uh, what are we trading for Steph Curry? Your guy. Okay, that's fine. It's fucking Steph Curry. I'll live. Will you though? Yes, I'll, it's fuck, dude. It's my favorite. Player. I don't know, I, man. I, 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 I like really Steph like Curry. Julius Randle. You seem to really like Julius Randle, man. I don't know. Yeah, I fucking I will love Steph Curry more. I promise. So Jordan Bob, he says, if only one can go this offseason, who are you picking? Dibs or Randall and explain why. Well, you guys, we just had like a whole fucking argument about this, like what the last one. Yeah, kind of feel like you, all... you two had an argument about this last game. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, Rand- Randall can go. Randall can go. I'll pick Dibs, but I can understand the argument for Randall. Um, you can't understand the argument. I said I can. We're not fighting tonight, Schwinn. <laughs> I, I will get rid of Randall. I've always wanted to get rid of Randall. That never changes. Always. <laughs> I always hated him. <laughs> yeah, I've always hated him. Always. You know, you know, you know same as colorist. It's cool. Colorist. Wow. All right. Co- colorist. That's what we're uh, using to excuse bad basketball now. We're using colorism. This is the major disrespecting. <laughs> Why have to tweet that? <laughs> Wait. All right. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's also this, also this stuff like, oh, like, I just don't understand how like the season ends today, and everybody's first take is just like, who should we trade all these things for? And I'm like, oh, that's for other teams. You must laugh at other teams with that. But like, I still don't. I. It's so weird. I, I feel like people don't realize how young this team is. And they don't because they've been watching this team like a large part of the team for three years. And like Randall's fun. really the only player on the team who I even is an old fart who should get the fuck out. Yeah, he's the only one I'm actually even like considering trading. And honestly, like you know, once I get increasingly removed from the end of the season, and probably drunk. Yeah, well that that's all that'll happen. That, but that, like that, that's a given. But I, I just I don't know. I, it's hard to just find trades and like make them and expect this team to get better like oh yeah just trade for cat yeah let's trade for cat who makes like seven bajillion dollars a year that's great seems really smart to do that and also is like bad soft yeah, like, as shit yeah like oh let's trade like damian how does damian lillard make any sense on this team by the way like they you're literally gonna, have jalen brunson you're gonna be the worst Cavs. it, it makes no Cavs. sense he, he doesn't make any sense here we have jalen brunson Oh, let's trade for like Bradley Beal. Really, Bradley Beal? I hate hearing Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal can't even doesn't take care. Him. Bradley Beal is in the hospital half the time. Bradley Beal is literally getting paid to, mention, to hang out in Bradley Beal has no, have no expectations. Bradley, Bradley Beal is also getting fake vaccine shots. Apparently. Yeah. 
Brad Beal is a, is a clown, and then you know, fucking like, oh, Zach Levine. Why? Why? What? Why? And also, I don't think Chicago's trading him. So, what the fuck? Like, yeah, they, they, they want to stay. They want to stay as no, good as possible. No, we, for we need the Marjorie Rosen for veteran leadership and That's our go-to option late in the ball game. Because the Marjorie Rosen is really who gets it done when it matters most. You want dark skin DeRozan, or you want DeRozan? Like, what do you want? Damn, Brunson. Brunson finished the postseason averaging twenty-seven point eight points, superstar, uh, five point six assists, four point nine rebounds. He shot forty-seven point four percent from the field, thirty-two and a half from three, ninety-one point two from the free throw line. Uh, oh boy, wait, 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 wait! Julius Randle said his playoffs was the same as the season. Some good moments, some moments to learn from. I mean, like he's gonna say, like he's gonna say that, and it's like. Not the sexy answer, but whatever. I don't, I don't care about these games. I don't care about these fucking questions. I'm sorry. If Evan Forty is getting well, it's nice to hear guys like R.J. Barrett take accountability. I'll say that. Sorry, say again. Oh yeah, yeah. He Randall is just. Like, how hard is it to just be like, I didn't play. I played bad. I sucked. I didn't play up to the standard that I expect for myself. That's not hard to say. You don't need to like, I don't need him to go up there and be like, I sucked. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I, do. I know. I know. I'm like, I, I don't need him to just be like, oh, I'm so, let's just go up there and say the thing. Like, just, yeah, you know, I didn't play as well as I should have. Um, but like, it was disappointing. I'll have to think about that this summer and work to make it better. Some bullshit like that. It's, it was about the same as the regular season. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like you can't say that you were just all NBA third team. No, it wasn't, bro. We would be in the conference finals if it was. Like, yeah, yeah, you like, yeah, literally, you were a top fifteen player in the league during the regular season. You, yeah, it was the same thing. Okay, <laughs> you can't, and you can't say this type of stuff after you just like played like this. Like you can't. Oh my gosh, that, that like that's like. Like that's why, like, and it, it it's it it looks even worse because you have Jalen Brunson who says all the right things, you have R.J. Barrett who says all the right things, and then you have this guy. It's this ridiculous. Is, I can't believe. Yeah, I'm just looking at his Bondi tweet now. <laughs> Julius Randle said his playoffs was the same as the season. <laughs> some good moments, Randle said. Some moments to learn from. <laughs> What the fuck, dude? This guy is unbelievable. <laughs> Jesus. I really try hard not to care about like quotes player like, quotes. Yes. Oh, Jesus, that is But like the context of quote. the situation, it just like it makes it all the worse. <laughs> like you literally just got named all NBA third team this past week. Think <laughs> it's the same as the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh this guy no self-awareness no self-awareness disturbing lack of it <laughs> disturbing lack of self-awareness <laughs> oh my gosh let's see what else we got here while well, Schwinn dis- dissects this quote <laughs> can't that's a crazy quote. That is a crazy, crazy quote. 
Oh my gosh. And Tyrese is gone. That quote took him out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> yeah, I could see that. Sorry, you can read this. Um, Wokai Fraser says, what are the odds some sort of vague division in the locker room or disconnect with the coaches referenced in some clickbait postmortem on the Knicks season? Yeah, I mean, that always happens. I mean, I'll, I, yeah, with the Knicks, it doesn't seem like there was much of that or like there wasn't like the vibes or the inklings of that. Um, there was that one thing of, you know, after what was it, game like three or four, like there was like a heated discussion in the locker room or whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, it might have been Obi, uh, whatever it is. Like, I don't know if you'll get some. Yeah, I mean, I could see some vague thing. I don't know if I w- it would be called division in the locker room. It'll Ian will probably, you know, and he should couch like this. He'll some thought see. Randall's comments after game six were. No, I, I think it'll be more. Touch, it, it's, 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 no, I think I think it'll be more just like yeah, you know things got. <laughs> Some players felt that they could have contributed close. more to the Knicks playoff run, and you might as well just be saying Obi Toppin thought he should have he should have played more minutes <laughs> in like bold print. Well, he should have. <laughs> True. Should have fucking played more today. I'll say that. Anyone that's three is. Has a place on the court with me. Yeah. Um, Julie is just <laughs> brutal postseason. I, this guy needs to, he needs to go disappear to Italy like he did last summer for a month or something. Just with, J- with Johnny Bryant? The less he talks, the better. I Talk. can't believe that quote. That's <laughs> so fucking wild to me. That's such a loser ass comment. Some good moments. Which ones, buddy? Yeah, it's a lot like the season. What the fuck are you talking about? Some good moments. You know, I had that one pass. <laughs> I had those two hockey assists. Yeah. Jalen Brunson for the top of the three. Key. I hit. I hit those free throws. <laughs> I, I will say, like, um, I, I will say, I'm really excited to not rewatch this game ever. Um, because nobody needs my there's no more games this season to like learn like oh like maybe they can do this nothing no <laughs> never gonna watch this game again and i'm happy about that because i don't want to watch that how many minutes did randall play tonight too many 34 <laughs> yeah i don't need to see that ever again um that was brutal but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably where it is. Uh, this is Nick's tape. I'll say this. It's completely valid to want both or one of Julius or Tibbs gone, but they're both back next season, and we should act accordingly. Do you want me to die? Do you just want me to die? Like, do you yes. not care about my... All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're both going to be back. He's probably right. I mean, the odds are they're both going to be back. Sadly. Which so, is going right. like, like, to have to be joyous through the regular season, knowing that, you know, the playoffs will be, you know. The reason I think it's better, like, Tibbs has better odds is just because, like, you can't tell me, even if they, let's say they love Julius and they think he's fucking amazing. You can't tell me there's, like, not a group of players 
then they'd be like, well, if we can get that guy, we got to trade Julius. Like, there's definitely a group of players that they they view like that. So, you know, likelihood, both are back. But if I had to pick one being more likely than the other, it's Tibbs. This seems like this was the general consensus with a lot of people. Um, no. Nafi Mahuda says, or at least what I've seen some people, at least a, 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 a package around this similar ilk. Yeah, I would have well, taken Cam Johnson plus draft capital for Randall from Phoenix before yeah. they traded for KD. Well, Suns picks looking really good now for Brooklyn. Who gives a fuck? It's Brooklyn, dude. The Cam Johnson is 48. <laughs> He's younger than Randall. By like a year. He played better in the playoffs. That's true. He he did not have to wipe piss from uh, his legs after his playoff performance. Uh, I mean, I would have would have taken Cam Johnson. I think I like even had. I think I had talked about that on a pod where like I would have done like Cam Johnson and two or three unprotected first because I still think having that those extra unprotected first gives you a lot of ammo to potentially make star trades. The one thing we don't know, though, um, and this is like kind of a, I mean, it's just a flat out unknown. We really don't quite know how the new CBA is going to impact the trade market. And I don't just mean like how much players get, how often players get traded and shit like that. But like the value of draft picks and all that kind of stuff might be totally different now. Yeah, And, um, you know, I mean, I think they're definitely more valuable than they were draft picks, that is to say. But we don't know. Um, we haven't seen a player get traded yet, obviously, under this new CBA. So I'm very interested to see whenever that happens for the first time. I also think it's going to be a matter of, like, A, who's available, and B, like, financially, how does it fit into it? Because you have to think about the financials of being able to fit everybody I mean underneath the second apron and if you're going to go above the second apron then where do you feel like you're able to get advantages from picking at the end of the draft i feel like the knicks can probably survive being a second apron team given the fact that they have such good capital and they've been good at drafting late in the first but that's a lot to deal with for like a lot of other teams so it's going to make it's going to make a it's going to be a really it's going to be a shuffle like we've heard from Woj, we've heard from Shams that like people are expecting there to be like a seismic shift in terms of like contracts and trades and such because like if you're in that second if you're in that second tax apron then like you need to be a legitimately good team and I don't know how many of those teams in the second in the um in the second tax apron are good or like championship level good. Yeah. Like, if you're a team like the Golden State Warriors, you're probably looking to get all fucking Jordan Poole, which is wild. I don't think you said that last year. Jordan Poole. Bro, John Collins needs to go fucking find himself and not on my team. Uh, this is from JK. Is the story of the series lack of production from the bench feel like all of our scoring came from starters? Um, well, it was because the bench got mutilated by Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, he also just didn't play the bench a lot. He was, you know, it was what did quickly have, he probably had like most of the scoring off the bench for the series. 
Um, and he didn't play the last three fucking games. Josh Hart probably had the biggest. Well, he had eleven points today, I think. Ten. Um, well, no, it would be eleven. Yeah, he. Yeah, I, I. This is what happens when you fuck around with your rotations in the middle of the playoffs for no reason. Like it's one like when he had to do shit in the Cleveland series, it was fine because he had to make choices. I get that. That that you have to make some adjustments. To to do what he was doing in the Miami series is just so utterly ridiculous. Um, and I think it fucked over everybody on the team, to be honest. Like we can talk about the percentages all we want. I I really don't feel like I don't feel like we got better. I think our, our threes, it feels like when I watch other teams in the playoffs and shit, I just think we're consistently taking much more difficult threes. We're not getting open threes. We're not producing quality threes. We're not getting a lot of threes off of ball movement. You know, it just feel everything felt so hard and it's everything is in the half court. Everything is grinded out shit. Um, so like, yeah, guys got to make shots, but I also think you really have to look at how those shots are being generated in general. And, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast today, but, like, everything feels like this half-court grind and you're asking your guys to go get you a shot and create a shot and make tough shots consistently. And that's just a really, really, really difficult place to live in in the playoffs. Yo, Wally is so fucking unserious, bro. He said the fact that they took the heat to six games, outstanding. Dude, they're the fucking Miami Heat. They're the eight seed. Why are we acting like this is a juggernaut? Wally is so fucking unserious. I need Wally Zerbiak to get off. The- <laughs> I know Leon Rose don't take my don't. Oh my fucking god, are you kidding me? Leon Rose must be paying. The fact that I can so- hear him saying it like that too. It's just like he's gargling. That is, you, you know, Alan. Um, the Knicks, the Knicks hats off to Tom Thibodeau, Scott Perry, Worldwide West, and Leon Rose because you know they took the Heat to six, six games, Alan, six games, <laughs> not four, not five, six games. Monica and I feel like the Knicks should be commended. They should be, they should hold their heads high. Great season, Jets. Oh my gosh. See you back in the Garden in October. Oh, my Wally's going to be a compression. Wally is... That is just insane. My man. Out, out, my he said outstanding. He loves like, his job. what? He loves his job. I would do it, too, if they were paying me the money he was getting. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is the best coach in the fucking league. If, you, if I was getting paid Wally's Zerbiak money, I'd be saying outlandish shit. So, all right. I've seen, I forgot who it was. Um, I think Blames on Twitter had t- tweeted out Randall is our DeRozan and Thibs is our Dwayne Casey. Who would you guys put as the Kawhi and Nick Nurse there to save no, this team? There is no Kawhi because nobody, no one player is going to like shift the balance that's available. Yeah, they. I mean, the guys they need are just not going to be on the market. That's why it's just so st- – I, I just get so annoyed when it's like the first conversation after this game is just like, oh, who can the Knicks trade for? Like, I don't know, man, but they have fucking 
a 22 year old wing who's a starter. They have another 22 year old wing who's a starter. They have a 23 year old guard who finished second and sixth man of the year voting. Like Brunson is not yet in his prime yet. He's entering his prime right now. Even uh, Randall, who we have spent most of this pod crapping on, he's in the middle of his prime. Mitchell Robinson, 25. Hartenstein, 25. What if they just like get better? I don't know I don't about know. Randall, but the other well, Rand- Randall, I think if you just if he just stays the same, which I actually suspect he probably will, um, that's fine. But you know, as frustrating as the season, the dumbest thing you can do is look at the season. And I'll say this: in some ways, there's like kind of a can be a little bit of a blessing in disguise to like lose this series in the sense it's somewhat of a reality check, where you kind of like okay, this is a somewhat gives us an idea of our roster. We saw them play big playoff minutes. We now maybe have a better understanding of what they can and can't do. Whatever. Um, but like, you know, we, you can't just rush into like, yes, the Knicks need to get a star at some point, a better star, whatever you want, however you want to phrase it in particular. But you can't at the same time Also, just like you can't force that. That's the worst thing you can do is force that type of of move. Um, So they've got to be careful. Like the reason they've had success is that they have been prudent, is that they have been cautious, not even cautious, but they've been, you know, they, they have not overstepped in the trade market or in free agency and locked themselves into some super problematic contracts or deals or whatever. Um, yes, you can need a star. Doesn't mean that you are going to get one this summer or that you should get one this summer. Also, it, it has guys, to depend on who's available. Also, the guys you'd have to trade for are probably making double of like what the highest salaries in this team are. So like, yeah, because matching the, salaries is going to be a problem. Yeah, this team has a bunch of like bargain contracts, basically. Dixtape said, no wonder the Dicks never let Julius speak to the media. <laughs> I mean, these quotes are just fucking embarrassing, man. I can't get over that. <laughs> it's the same as the regular season. Get the fuck out of my face, dude. <laughs> this is the guy Tyrese like literally wants to marry. <laughs> Don't you want to be Jordan's fifth life or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, uh, a guy that actually fucking like won and was awesome in yeah, prime time situations. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure. Uh, yeah, you want He just you want you want Okay, I want gambling I want, addiction and cool, great. Guess what? He has a gambling addiction and he's a billionaire. I think he's doing all right, dude. Pretty sure he's doing okay. It's good that it's nice that you're worried about his uh, financial uh, the, his financial capabilities though. That man can go fucking blow $10 million today in Vegas, and it would not even matter. He'd probably be like, he'd, his net worth would probably go up. Probably look fucking made $20 million during the time he sat down to play. Let's get in on this. I like this comment. Let's bring this one up. <laughs> This is from Chris Bernard. Uh, the fact that Tyrese is both a Randall and Braun fan is the ultimate oxymoron. 
Man's a fan of a shrinking playoff performer while rooting for Braun. <laughs> is it just... Is it just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's put something else. <laughs> we gonna do this. Oh, my gosh. Why did Julius talk tonight? <laughs> at least he, at least he did. He didn't pull a Devin Booker. <laughs> yeah, Devin Booker uh, left the arena stinky as shit. Devin Booker skipped the exit interviews today. <laughs> oh my god! Nafimo Huda, Wally need needs to get demoted. Wally needs to find a new network. He's not even a Knicks alumni. What are we doing here? Yeah, he's, that's the weirdest thing ever. He's like a Timberwolves slash like what Cavs slash Celtics. Is he even from New York? He's from Long Island. He definitely has those vibes. Can't you tell? He's like you can't see the PBA card he's carrying around. <laughs> as, a, as a former Long Islander, I want to say he doesn't represent us at all. I like when you like like to. I, I like that you you know shuffle between. You're from Queens, but you're also from Long Island. When I'm right, from- like. <laughs> Dude, depending like, on depending on what we're talking about, I'm like fucking. I was ten minutes away from Nassau County, dude. It's Long Island. <laughs> it was Long Island without the taxes. Mixtape. It's just shit on Tyrese Hour, I guess. It's shit on Tyrese podcast. <laughs> Correct. It's the rundown shit on Tyrese. The Correct. rundown shit. On Tyrese. <laughs> this is literally what I'm here for. <laughs> Walt cried Fraser. I have no confidence Randall stays the same. He's been Jekyll and Hyde season to season. His entire tenure with the Knicks won't be shocked if it's back to 2019, 20, 2021, 20, 22, Randall next year. Um, relax. Well, for, first of all, no, no, I'm not from Westchester County. <laughs> fucking relax. <bro>. Nassau <laughs> County. Nassau County. That's basically Westchester. No, it's uh, not. <laughs> it's on the opposite side. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think, like, what Randall did this season is – seems like actually replicable whereas what he did in 2020 2021 wasn't like he was never going to shoot that percentage on mid-range jumpers again it, it was just not sustainable this is because they have brunson um i suspect i think what rj did in the playoffs that feels like actually sustainable it feels like he will get better i mean not even necessarily better if he just carries that over that's really all he needs to do make some more threes that that that's good enough um, I think quickly will be better. I think Grimes will be better. It should help him also if all those guys are better. Um, so I think he will be pretty much the same next year. Um, you know, like all he did was clean up his shot selection. That's really about it. So, yeah, he didn't even shoot that one from three this year, right? He shot thirty four percent. So it was like it was just the volume of threes. I think. Yeah, but... yeah, he didn't shoot like some crazy percentage because in in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one he shot what forty percent from three, didn't he? Yeah, like, like half the yeah. team did. Yeah, forty-one percent for three. Like that was just not gonna happen again. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. All right. I mean, taking a look at whatever quotes we have left here on the Knicks. Um. Hopefully, there's no more Julius Randall comments that I can look at because. What the at sale? By the way. All right. No, thank you. No, nah, no, nah. we're not gonna act like I'm the milkman when Sam is out here feeding. Feeding over who? Sam's a low key Kardashian fan, by the way. Y'all don't know that. 
what why are we what? just like making things up on on the stream sam sam is a straight up anyways jalen runs and becomes the second player in Knicks history to score 20 plus points in 11 straight playoff games joining carmelo anthony in 2012 13 16 Mello. straight better than Melo, by the way and he'll continue the streak next year. I mean, he had a better individual scoring playoffs than Carmelo ever had in his career. So they're yeah. gonna sit, they're gonna talk about the three ball. Shut up. I don't know what that has to do with it. No, I'm just saying, like people can be like, Well, the three balls, people are shooting more threes now. I mean, I get that, but like I don't really I don't know. Do people understand like Carmelo was just not a really Bad. good he was not a good playoff player? ever really like he had one good playoff run in his career um but like his career numbers in the playoffs are good um career from the playoffs okay this is just the splits 41.4 from the field 32.4 from three 43.6 from two 44.6 efg like that's not great um he had one western conference finals run and then a fucking fat serbian took his number and made it better he was a career, and I don't know if people understand this, career 51.3 true shooting in the playoffs. Like, his his best individual true shooting marks in the playoffs, uh, 58.2 in 2022, in, when he was 22 years old, um, they got beaten the first round in five games. Then he has 56.4 his last two years in Denver. Um and in New York, it was just not a good time for him. 50 and a half, 48.9, 49.7. I get he didn't play with a lot of great talent, and that hurt him and, you know, the spacing and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, Brunson, Brunson's playoffs in New York so far, one playoff series, one playoff run is better than anything Carmelo did here. That's just a fact um, in the playoffs anyway. So, RJ Barrett was better than Carmelo Anthony in this playoff. Oof, wow. Okay, I'm not touching that one. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah Brunson's, Brunson's great. Brunson played like an All NBA player this year, or in in this series anyway, in the playoffs in general. Um, the guy's a stud, and uh, the Knicks, if nothing else, they do have that guy moving forward, which is nice. Shout out to Dallas for letting him walk. Man, I can't believe Dallas made the mistake again. Letting a point guard walk, and I mean they're gonna lose Luca in two years, so who cares? <laughs> that whole franchise is budded. Maybe we get Luca. We'll um, maybe, maybe teams up with Jokic. You know, the same have fucking stands. What the fuck is going on here? Janelle wow. Monet. All right, man. All Sam right. Sam made us aware of Janelle Monae. Y'all not having paid attention to Janelle Monae, by the way. I didn't. Yeah. I, didn't. I just discovered this week that like people are, are like they didn't know Janelle Monae was extremely attractive until this week. Apparently, I was like, "Are you guys stupid? Like, really?" I think it's because she wore tuxedos for like such a long time. Yeah, I mean, she could dress however she wants to dress, but that shit was obvious. Um, come on, she looked good in Moonlight. What's the question I wanted to highlight? There we go. This one. Um, Nafi Milhuda says, what's the optimal team construction around Brunson if you had a blank slate? Five out spacing, big wings, secondary ball, hit a bit of playoff ball. Get get Porzingis bit in here. Get get the fucking 2018-19 Raptors. 
at plus Porzingis. What is it with you and Porzingis, dude? <laughs> I'm interested in bringing back, bringing a stretch five into the team that can actually protect the rim. Also, yeah, call Nas me Reed. weird. You got Nas Reed, bro. Nas, Nas Reed cannot protect the rim. Hey, let Nas. I like Nas Reed. I think he's a good player. I would I wouldn't mind getting getting Nas Reed. Um, but he's gonna be a free agent. He's a free agent this summer, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. He's gonna get paid by somebody. Not gonna be us. And needed to be us. Why? We have Hardenstein, so Who don't give him a hard I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hardenstein is good. <clears throat> yeah, uh, no, I think you want you want five out spacing because he's basically unstoppable when you put him in that type of spacing. Uh, and then you need to put strong defenders around him to protect him. I, I will say, I thought his defense the last two games of, this, of the series were was actually genuinely very good. He was really good today on defense. Like, he nailed basically all his rotations. That, that was very, I mean, obviously the offensive explosion was great, but I thought his all-around all game today was very, very impressive. Like, the thing is, like, I don't. Porzingis is a weird player because I don't know what his contract is going to be. Like, I legitimately do not know what his contract is going to be. What if he made the same amount as Julius? You talk me into it. Wait, who's talking about? Like, the thing is, like, do you want, like, if you're going to get, you need to have Porzingis with creation value, and I just do not know how Brunson and RJ. Julius Porzingis works unless you're training one of those guys. So, and I would not train one of those guys for fucking Porzingis. Mixtape says Brunson, RJ, Jalen Brown, Jew, Zingus. We just have no bench and we're just running vibes. And like, Jalen Brown is like one Kyrie Irving, IU Alaska meeting away from Jalen, Dr. Umar Brown. Jalen, was it really Naismith Brown? Who's who was that? Who was that guy that like died last year? They used to have the all. Kevin Samuel. Kevin Samuel Brown. <laughs> that guy was just like a nasty misogynist. Yeah, he's just the biggest asshole ever. <laughs> Jalen Louis Farrakhan Brown. <laughs> oh my god! No, I, I the Jalen Brown thing is so odd to me because I'm like, have you watched Jalen Brown take two dribbles of the basketball, in and not in space? I just don't trust him at all. And he's got a lot of weird personality things too. Like, I don't know. I, the talent is pretty he's a great rival. shot maker, but like, he's also, <laughs> he's also just, yeah. <laughs> Jew and Jalen Brown, great fucking CTE ball in the playoffs. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I, I don't really trust him at all. And well, it's over for the quite honestly, game. I just don't think you don't have the, that's way too much usage, like going around there. Brunson, RJ, Jalen Brown, Randall. Good luck trying to keep all those guys happy. Yeah, this uh, is not 2K. You Jaylen know. Brown with I, I think. And start training on Twitter talking about. If you believe in, if you believe in, um, RJ, like if you think the playoff version of RJ is, who he really the guy, is. yeah, if you think that's what he is moving forward, then. You need, you can't like just add Jalen Brown. You probably, you almost have to move Randall at that point. Yeah. yeah. Seven minutes away from the downfall of the Warriors. Dynasty. Yeah, it's over for them right now. 
Um, J.K. Minus 33 for Clay Thompson. Jesus. J.K. X, what was the Brunson KP lineup like? Lineup data like in Dallas, I guess, for... I looked this up in the season. They were like a neutral... Mm, lineup right. um but like but they probably should have the minutes with like luca and stuff like that the 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 dallas it was also just weird like they i don't know he looks a lot better now than he did in dallas um he also gets to do as more. most people do yeah he, that, and that's the other thing with porzingis i actually think if you go get porzingis you have to move like and this is like i'm more interested in porzingis because i think if you get him it forces you to like have to change your roster in some interesting ways because to me, like, yeah, like to your point, he gets to do more in Washington. You can't just expect him to come in and be a floor spacer. He's like, if that's all you want him to do, he's not going to, first of all, he's not going to be happy. Second of all, he's not going to be worth what you're paying him. Um, but like, you know, if you got Porzingis and you traded out Randall and then you went and got more wings and like, now you've just got, you know, Brunson and quickly as your guards, and then you have all these fucking wings, and then Porzingis at the five, and maybe you know you keep Hartenstein as a backup five or something. Whatever it is, it's just an interesting roster construction to me. I'm like intrigued by that, just to see what this team could look like in a scenario like that. And as we know, like if you're going to keep Tibbs, he needs his centers to be able to protect the rim. Well, there's basically two centers of the rim who are incredibly proficient three point shooters, floor spacers that also provide elite rim protection. One is Brooke Lopez, and the other is Christoph Porzingis. So um, I guess you can argue Miles Turner, too. Yeah. I, I don't – I still don't buy Miles Turner being a 40% three-point shooter. Um, but, like, yeah, man, I, I, I think that there's not many guys that have the combination that, that Porzingis has. And what he – like, he's actually capable of taking advantage of small guys in the post now. He's, he's improved as a playmaker passer – um, like he's improved a lot from what he was when we saw him in New York. Um, and I think weirdly this is just, I got, it's hard to know because Washington was such a disaster zone this year, but like, I actually think weirdly he's kind of become what we thought he could be. He could be when he's in New York. Um, he's probably one of the more undervalued players in the league now relative to like what he actually produces and how much value there is in having a five like that in endgame situations. Um, he's an intriguing player for sure. I mean, it's also, it comes down to this too, I think, what Vivek brings up, his health, if that's going to hold up. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, that's that's always the big thing with him, and that's something you always have to consider. So um, if they're worried about medical, I mean, and they should have, some great medical information on him uh, on file. So, uh, you know, maybe they know something he doesn't. He did look good this year. He did like he played. Yeah, he stayed pretty relatively healthy. Yeah, I mean, you always gonna have to manage him a little bit, but he's pretty much. I mean, he also missed a bunch of time at the end of the season because they were tanking at the very end. Um, but you know, he had a probably sixty-five games this past season. Twenty-three point two points, eight point four rebounds, two point seven assists. 49.8 from the field, 38.5 from three, 85.1 from the free throw line. Like he had a really good season. Um, but again, plays on that fucking awful Wizards team that just has no idea what it's doing. 
So it's kind of hard to know, but um, I think even like all the nerd stats to share, like all the impact metrics like him a lot too. So, yeah. But he plays it in Washington and nothing because of Washington. So. Damn. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, a lot of comments repeating stuff about Cat and Julius. I really would not like Carlton Towns on this team. So, you know, I don't even think the Knicks would even entertain that at this point either. <clears throat> Just seeing how Cat has looked. Um, EJ1 says, I'm not trying to give up picks for KP. If it's just Julius, then fine. Um, I think it. How Gosh, did not protect the pick? Oh. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. I, don't know, I just don't think it's a feasible way to get Julius. So, or rather, you get Porzingis. I, guess, so. I think it's feasible to get Porzingis. I just don't think the next one. It, can, it can't stop there. Like, you actually have to change your roster um, in very strong ways. So, I'm not sure they would be willing to do that. They probably treat the coach. So, yeah, maybe he'd be having Porzingis roll to the rim every time. You're making Porzingis. Why are you not getting the offensive rebound for this? <laughs> Don't pop. Don't do that ever. <laughs> what the fuck? Why the three? All right. I think we're going to end things off here. Um, shout out to everyone that's been rocking with us for two hours plus as we wrap up the Knicks season. The Knicks lost today, unfortunately, did not was not able to force a game seven. Um, you know, stinks that they couldn't make every Knicks fans, you know, Mother's Day that much better. But um, well, now you got to actually spend time with your mother, Sam. I was going to do that regardless, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, everyone, thank you all for rocking with us this whole entire season. Every single post game that you guys were here, we appreciate you guys so much. Um, leave a like, subscribe. We recently passed 850 subs, so we are very close to that 1k mark. Um, you know, stay tuned to the channel for Pod Strickland and all the other good stuff. Um, I guess that will continue to roll out, right? Schwinn has, you know, yeah, yeah, season. yeah. That'll that'll still be still be going. Yeah, but you know, the post game won't be here, obviously, because you know there won't be any games to cover. Um, you'll but... you'll see Schwinn work out videos in the post game. <laughs> the off season is coming. Um, I'm, I'm gonna put chains around my neck. <laughs> well, yeah, shout out to everyone that's, no, that rocked with us this year. We appreciate you guys so much. All the support. Make sure you guys check everything Strickland related in the description. We got links to the site, merch, all that merch. Make sure you guys cop that all up. Um, make sure you guys check out the links to the Patreon and Twitter. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. Make sure you guys are following us on Instagram. Once again, this has been the Run Down, presented by Bet Online. Um, Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Mother's Day. Um, enjoy this time with your mothers. Um, and enjoy some time off from Knicks basketball. 
I'll be enjoying my time. We're with free. We're free. She was mother is a lovely woman, and I will be insulting her because we care. <laughs> we we at the Strangler love the mothers. Yeah, we love we love Tyrese's mother. What? What? You know, she actually would appreciate that. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm going to assume right. you mean that legitimately because she's of course I do. She's a good person. I'm sure she is. <laughs> she produced you. How could I doubt how good person she is? This how we're ending the season. <laughs> no, it's been a fun mom. season. Thanks to everybody for rocking with us. And, uh, you know, look, it obviously it never ends the way you want it to unless you win a championship. But um, I weirdly was not that angry at the end of this game at all really i was like you were at kind peace. of yeah i've been at peace with this for a while i was like as long as they didn't lose in like four or five games i was like okay like i just need them to not embarrass themselves they probably should have won this series i think at various times you could see the inexperience catch up to them um and then some coaching stuff and obviously randall and really honestly aside from brunson and rj nobody played up to what you'd ideally want from them so that was part of it too. Um, but overall, you got to say really fucking awesome season, fun season. My opinion, the best season they've had since 99. Um, Damn. And uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like they're headed in the right direction. feels like a lot of this is sustainable. A lot of this should be Pete with pieces that are here moving forward. And yes, they've got some shit to answer um, with Tibbs and Randall and whatever, but they got a lot more shit going for them than working against them. And, it's not a lot of times in Nick's history, uh, at least in the in the twenty first century, that you can say that. Yep. Daquan Jeremy's got us. Yeah. All, All right. right. So you'll, you'll see us back for summer league post games. So definitely part of that. We have no lives. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Have a good night. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.